I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. You heard the voices there. Jay Reynolds, Sports Center all night here on ESPN Radio. And then Q Myers from Game Night on ESPN Radio, based in Vegas, as part of the ESPN Vegas family with 1100 AM there in Vegas. And of course, the host, along with Emma Golden, on Game Night here on ESPN Radio. The big news overnight the firing of Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler. It's weird. I think all these things I'm about to say can be said, all be true, and all have different angles to them. I think everyone looks back at the Raiders hiring of Josh McDaniels and says, I told you so. Not me. I was wrong. I thought it would work. And says, I told you so. Everyone also looks back at this last night and says, wow, I'm surprised they did it so quickly in the season. And also says, what were you waiting for? You should have done it in the offseason. It feels like all of those angles and those topics of conversations have all been out there over the last couple of days here with the Raiders. Yeah, but a lot of people thought that Josh McDaniels would have success because of the coaches that were hired in that cycle a couple of years ago. He's the one that had experience. He's the one that had a playoff win. Now, Doug Peterson actually won a Super Bowl, and I would contend that you would have been better off going with him, Brian Dable, or Mike McDaniels, either, either one of them, because they've all gotten their teams to the playoffs. But I guess when you look at the Josh McDaniels fit for the Las Vegas Raiders, given what they were coming off of, having to move on from John Gruden after the scandal with the emails, having to process and move on from the Henry Ruggs tragedy, dealing with the Chandler Jones of it all this offseason, it just felt like it was going to be an untenable situation. And then looking at how it worked out early on, after you made the move to get Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams wasn't on board with what Josh McDaniels was doing in terms of overall program development. And that represents a problem for ownership when the best player on the team is sounding the alarm and saying that something has to change. And this is not something that Devontae has been doing over the last couple of weeks. This is something that he has been saying Over the past calendar year, even going back to the end of the 2022 season last year, where they benched Derek Carr, Devontae was saying something needed to change with the organization. Well, guess what? He's gotten his wish. Something is changing in a big way. They're moving on from the GM and the head coach. Absolutely. And as we try to dissect this... You know, naturally, we want to have blame pie. Who are we going to blame more for this? Is it Josh McDaniels or is it the Las Vegas Raiders, who have had a lot of churn at the head coaching position and sure. a lot of drama around the organization? But to me, it's more confirmation bias uh, with what I felt about Josh McDaniels, not only just as a head coach, but outside of New England. We have not seen him have success outside of Bill Belichick and outside of the New England Patriots. He inherited a team that was 10 and 7, and he went a combined 9 and 16 without a playoff appearance since he's been with Vegas. We've seen them drop in almost every offensive category since 2022, including points per game, yards per game, and total QBR. And this is a guy who is supposed to be an offensive genius. It has, it didn't translate in Denver. He left the Indianapolis Colts at the altar. He didn't have success as the offensive coordinator of the St. Louis Rams. He didn't have success now in Las Vegas. When are we going to finally say that Josh McDaniels has run out of opportunities outside of New England? But are we holding that against someone? 
Like, are we holding that against someone? Like, hey, you've been really good in one system for a long period of time. You've been elite in that system. You've worked for a company and you've been awesome at it. You go somewhere else, you're not as good. Like, what? Well, you're in a different role. But though. you're, you're, yeah, it's, yes. a, it's a different you're role. You're hiring him to do a different role other yeah. than the role that he's really good in, assuming that the success he had in that role is going to translate elsewhere. And it has not, whether it's a head coach or an offensive coordinator. So, okay, then, then I guess let's do it this way. Hmm. Is it a bad thing if someone then says, I'm great at this. I don't want to do something else. Like if Josh McDaniel says, you know what? No, but I am this, made to be the New England Patriots offensive coordinator. But this with these people surrounding me. I think that's an important thing to note here. Yeah. I, and I, well, he was successful without Tom Brady. And the, the Mac Jones was only good in his first year, and that was with Josh McDaniels. Sure. They made it to the playoffs that year. He was sure. literally only good sure. with Josh McDaniels. And he's okay. working for a guy now in Bill O'Brien who's been a successful NFL and college head coach. It's not like he's a schlub as the offensive coordinator. I just think it's interesting that we hold it against people because it's almost like we're saying to them, you should be disciplined enough to not take another job. That's hard. No, I put it more on people in the NFL that keep giving him opportunities, expecting there to be a different result. So agreed, agreed, agreed. We, and that's why when we start giving the old bit about why they've gotten to this point where they had to fire their head coach and general manager before the midway point in the season – I blame the Raiders more so than I blame Josh McDaniels. They ain't but 32 NFL jobs. And if somebody wants to hand me one, I'm damn sure going to take it. And you, they decided to entrust their franchise amid all of this swirling controversy with the Henry Ruggs tragedy and the John Gruden scandal. They gave it to Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels is not somebody that we've seen as a head coach that is going to quell all of the dysfunction and all of the noise surrounding the situation that he was stepping into in Vegas. He's not that type of personality. He doesn't have that type of demeanor. He doesn't have that type of presence. So the fact that they went out and hired him versus somebody else that they could have hired during that cycle, to me, I put that on Mark Davis, and that's the only person that you can blame for the dysfunction that we've seen over the last couple of decades because he's the common denominator. The Raiders have had 12 different people be their head coach over the last 20 years, by far the most in the National Football League. There's a reason for that. It's because of the owner. And so at this stage, they're going to have to go out and find a qualified candidate that we know can coach and cede control of the franchise to that person. Make that person the football czar. Similar to what franchises did with Bill Parcells when he was with the Miami Dolphins, when he was with the New England Patriots, when he was with the Dallas Cowboys, give, when he was with the New York Jets. Give control to a good football mind, a coach that you've seen do the job, somebody that's shown you proof of concept, and let them decide how to build this team and how to develop your program. Let them be the ones to go out and hire the general manager. Get the scouting staff right. Get the coaching staff right. Hire that person and get the hell out of the way. Now, who that person is and why they would be interested in the Raiders' job is beyond me. But in order to get the most qualified candidate, you're going to have to dangle a carrot. To me, the carrot beyond the dollars and cents is control, complete control, over the franchise. So, with all of that said, I think the the most important thing that you just said right there, and they were all important, but why that person would want that job. Because that answers the question. Because it's an NFL head coach. Right, but, that, but small as that, are. that answers the question as to when you just asked the question about is it more McDaniels or is it more the Raiders? The fact that CC could sit here as an 11-year NFL vet and say that person that would be great enough to be in charge of everything should not want that organization until proven otherwise means this is not about Josh McDaniels. This is about the Raiders. 
It's what it's about. And because what Josh McDaniels gave you, and I was wrong. I thought Josh McDaniels would be successful with the Raiders. Dead wrong, okay? But what Josh McDaniels gave you with the Raiders was the exact same thing he gave you with the Broncos. A year and a half. He gave you a year and a half. You knew exactly what was going to happen. He did the same thing twice. Well, at least with Denver, he got to the playoffs and won a playoff game. He got to the playoffs. Was he the coach with the Tebow? With the Tebow, yeah. 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 He was okay, the coach yeah. with the so Tebow. So he was the uh, yeah. Demarius Thomas may rest yeah. in peace yeah. game. Yeah, right. so, okay, so he was better there. Yes. Than he was here and it, and with it the Raiders. And it wasn't great there. Right. No, it wasn't so, great. But, again, but in essence, he gave you the same thing, right? He gave you the same thing. So when a guy does it twice, that obviously is on the ownership with the Oakland – or excuse me, the Vegas Raiders. So – when you have this many coaches in this amount of time, you have some off-the-field stuff, obviously, with the Gruden situation that I know didn't necessarily happen on your watch. But the reality is this is on the organization. Josh McDaniels is who you thought he would be or the detractors thought he would be. And that's what he gave you here. And that's why I think in answering this question, it has to be more on the organization. Okay, so if Josh McDaniels is who we thought he was, if we're going to go that route, I think it's safe to say all of us agree he's not going to be a head coach again in the NFL, right? No. Do you think he'll be an offensive coordinator elsewhere? Yes. Because, but if if we have come to this conclusion that outside of New England, he's not going to – outside of Bill Belichick, he's not going to be able to replicate that success, why would another organization want to bring him in as their offensive coordinator? Because you're not putting him in a position he hasn't been successful at. And I he, understand you're he, going to bring up the Rams, but that's one year versus a decade of other years. I mean, we've got to be whole, fair on that. The whole that. point – and I'm not taking away what he did in New England, but he – clearly had success with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And outside of that, he's not been able to prove that he can really replicate that in any way. Yeah, I would. I would. I mean, if you said to me right now, let's just play it out, and you could bring him into um, the Chargers. Do I think he would be better as an offensive coordinator than Kellen Moore? The answer is yes, I do. I think he'd be better than Kellen Moore. If Mike McCarthy wants to bring in an offensive coordinator one day, would he be better than no one? Yes, but yeah, yeah, here's the thing. I'm not going to sit here and say that Josh McDaniels can't coach in the NFL now. I, I just think there's a difference between offensive coordinators and head coaches, and I want to issue that retraction because he was the guy that drafted Tim Tebow, yeah. but John the Fox. playoff game was John Fox, right. so that was the season afterward. But I guess my whole point with the Josh McDaniels of it all is there, there was no evidence that you could point to that he would be a good NFL head coach. And two years ago – was a point in the Raiders franchise where you needed stability, where you needed to have somebody that you knew could do the job. Now, it could have been Rich Passaccia, the interim head coach that went 7-5 and five, in the middle of that mess that was the Las Vegas Raiders in the 2020 season. You could have done that. You decided you didn't want to do that. You wanted to go a different direction, and that's your business. But I guess my whole point is this. Now that you're back here, Go out and get somebody that you know can do the job, not somebody that is a projection. And to me, you got to have somebody that that shows you tangible evidence that we've seen have success as an NFL head coach just because there are so many degrees of difficulty, so many different layers to this Raiders job because of all of the dysfunction that's been happening year over year. So maybe in the cleanest way I can attempt to say this. Basically what you're saying is Mark, Mark Davis should come out there and say, don't bet on me anymore. Bet on him yeah. because the Josh McDaniels was a bet on me. I'm going to be right where other people have been wrong. Yeah. Instead, let's just use Mike Tomlin just for argument's sake. Yeah. I'm bringing in Mike Tomlin. If I get this wrong, this ain't on me because you all would have done the same thing that yeah. I just did. Yeah, just basically tell everybody that you don't know what you're doing because it's obvious. We got eyes. We can see you don't know what you're doing. There's no reason you should have 12 head coaches over 20 years. You don't know what you're doing. 
Go out and find somebody that does know what they're doing. Pay them what it costs. Give them what it takes. And whatever other resources that you have to allocate in order to acquire that person, do that. Because that's the only way this franchise gets on solid footing. Coming up, Bill Hancock is the executive director of the college football playoff. They released their first rankings last night. We will talk to him next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy evan canty and michelle are unsportsmanlike Ohio State took the number one spot for two-time defending national champion Georgia right behind them at number two. Michigan is number three, while Florida State is number four. I want to see who you beat, how you beat them, and as we progress through the season, are you playing better? You look at Ohio State, and you can't tell me those people sitting in that room, they don't watch how you're playing. Are you getting better? Are you getting worse? Sometimes a win is not just a win. The biggest takeaway is that Florida State might be under some pressure to finish as an undefeated ACC champion. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Samsung is awesome. Let me tell you why. This Saturday, get game time ready with the Samsung Bespoke 4-Door Flex Refrigerator with Family Hub Plus from the Home Depot. And, of course, the Home Depot brings you college game day every single Saturday as college football front and center. The first college football playoff rankings came out last night. They will be released every Tuesday on ESPN, and of course, we will have them to discuss every Wednesday. Ohio State is number one, Georgia is number two, Michigan is number three, FSU four, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. Round out your top eight in the college football playoff. Your biggest, their biggest takeaway, obviously, is Ohio State is number one. We had a two-time defending champ in Georgia as number two, and joining us now to discuss it is Bill Hancock. He is the executive director of the college football playoff. 
Bill, thank you for joining us here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. How important to Ohio State's number one ranking were the two wins against Penn State and Notre Dame? Well, first of all, good morning. Thank you for having me on. I have a deep St. Louis connection. My sister-in-law lives in Soulard. Nice, Bill. And my grandson, my grandson goes to Webster University. So how about that? Amazing. I love it. Always love a St. Louis connection here on Unsportsmanlike. Yep, 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 you bet. Um, <laughs> they those, those victories were important. Uh, I'm not sure any other team had two wins like those two that Ohio State had. Yeah, Bill, I, I'm looking at the, the latest rankings, and I'm looking at where Florida State is. How much pressure is it on them to go undefeated to stay in the college football playoff picture? Well, you know, there's so much more football to be played for everybody. Uh, and, and anything can happen. I, I don't want to talk about one team over another one as far as pressure, but but folks need to keep on winning. And and then obviously then it then it is a matter of what happens with the other teams. So keep on keeping on. That's my advice. Bill, which team caused the most difficult discussion points in determining these first rankings? Oh, I can't really cite any that were that were any more difficult than others. Uh, obviously, the top four always takes a lot of review, um, but you know the committee spends as much time on on on, on the rest of the top twenty-five uh, as they do on the top four. The top four are important, but you know that twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five is just as important to those schools. Talk with Bill Hancock, Executive Director of College Football Playoff here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. The allegations and investigation into Michigan currently mean what as it relates to their college football playoff ranking? It really didn't didn't mean anything. Um, the key word you said is allegations at this point. That's That's all they are. And furthermore, our committee's job is just to rank the teams, uh, period. We are not an investigative or a regulatory body. We just rank the teams. Have you guys asked Michigan AD Ward Manuel, who I believe is on the committee, anything about this? It came up, of course. It came up in casual discussion. Uh, there wasn't any discussion of it in, in, the, uh, in, in the committee meeting itself because it, it's, it's not of our, a part of our protocol. But goodness gracious, we, we all knew about it. Everybody knows about it. And uh, so that sure there were there was conversation with Ward, but not as part of the, uh, of the official meeting. And, and Bill, just to wrap it up here on this, just so we understand, when teams are being discussed and their athletic director or a member of their university is in the room, do they recuse themselves from that discussion? Yes, they do. They're out of the room. If 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 they're an athletic director at a school, or if they have a family member who ha- uh, is employed at a school. Uh, Boo Corrigan, the chair, his brother is the uh, the uh, lacrosse coach at Notre Dame. So Boo is recused from Notre Dame. Well, Bill, we wanted to check in. Obviously, it's the first of many rankings. I'm sure we'll check in along the way. We wanted to get some of the questions that we had answered. So we do appreciate your time, and thank you for a couple of minutes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Y'all take care. 
All right, there he is, Bill Hancock, executive director of the College Football Playoff Committee here on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Let's go back to this Michigan thing because we have all of the controversy going on. The Athletic Nicole Auerbach reported that there was maybe possible. I have to do maybe possibly because we don't know right now mm-hmm. the the video and pictures of Connor Stallions, the man in question here with Michigan on the sidelines of a Central Michigan Michigan State game. Yep. Um, we don't know if that were him, was him, not him, whatever it may be. The extent of this. Do you think that maybe this should play into their decision making as it relates to Michigan here? I don't. I don't know that it does because you're talking about the on-field product. Now, listen, and them gaining an unfair competitive advantage seems like something that's, you know, uh, the responsibility of the governing body of college football. That's not what the college football playoff is. So, I think this is a situation where. Their realm is solely based on what they're seeing in between the white lines in the actual games. It's not what's on the periphery. Even though this is going to be noise, this is going to be a conversation that surrounds Michigan, I don't think this should impact the committee's logic when it comes to picking the four best teams to be in the playoffs. Yeah, it's really hard to penalize a team and what they're doing now when this investigation hasn't been wrapped up yet. And these are, as Bill Hancock said, just allegations at this point. So this is surrounding Central Michigan sidelines. Central Michigan's head coach is Jim McElwain. People probably remember that name initially from Florida was a Saban assistant for a while. Has done a good job at Central Michigan. He was asked about it today at his early morning press conference. You know, before we go any farther, uh, we've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. Um, you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Uh, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and, again, uh you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. So he did indict his university on one thing just now. This is not a Central Michigan story. This is a Michigan story. But he just confirmed there was somebody on their sidelines in their coaching getup that they didn't know who it was. He did not say, I don't know why that's the case. That's Bob Smith. He's our graduate assistant mm-hmm. that, that played for me back in the day at, where, at Colorado State, whatever it is. He just confirmed there was someone on the sidelines that he did not know who it was. In their coaching getup, but that's that's an indictment on the school. That's, that's why an indictment that. on the security staff, the people at the stadium. How how is that even allowed? You can have somebody that's trying to impersonate a staffer, but there's a reason why they have these passes. There's a reason why they have security on every sidelines, college and the NFL. They're trying to keep the areas that are secure and that are sensitive. That just that, and the fact that it wasn't is not just uh, an issue when it comes to what Michigan was trying to allegedly do, which is gain an unfair advantage, but it's also an indictment on what they were doing in terms of their game day operation and security. That has to be buttoned up. That's an NCAA issue. That's a stadium issue. It could potentially be a municipality issue with where the games are Mm -hmm. being played. So all of those things factor into the math. You could potentially be talking about law enforcement being involved with the lengths that this individual Connor Stallion is alleged to have gone. I, I just... I stopped short of wanting to put all of this on Jim Harbaugh and say that he was fully aware of it. But it sounds like, based on the NCAA bylaws, that whether he knew about it or not, he's going to be held to an account. And I just don't know that that's fair. Isn't that what we always say, though, about coaches, that they're supposed to know everything that's happening within their program? 
and within their walls, within their locker room. This is what we say all the time about coaches. Like, even if you directly didn't know, let's let's just assume that he went completely rogue. Connor Stallions went completely rogue. He somehow found a way to get into the stadium. He some he got the garb and he was he was stealing the signals. He got yep. the glasses on his own and never told Jim Harbaugh about any of it. But isn't that somehow still a Jim Harbaugh issue that you're have someone in your employ that's doing Ordinarily, this? I would agree with you, Smalls, but it feels like the NCAA is doing the circle back because they haven't been able to nail down Jim Harbaugh with the NCAA recruiting violations. Remember, he, he was supposed to serve a suspension that was issued by the NCAA on the eve of the season, thought better of it. Ward Manuel, Michigan Athletic Department, issued a lighter suspension, and it feels like this is – the NCAA trying to find something else to exact disciplinary action on Jim Harbaugh. If it was just in a silo, I would agree with you. But because you have the other stuff around Jim, it feels like one way or the other, the NCAA is going to get their guy. What Jim McElwain did today is going to make this story even bigger because he confirmed something that CeCe just said that needs to be reiterated. This has gone now from – this is going to sound extreme, but it's true – it's gone now from an NCAA story to a law enforcement story. No doubt. Because we're actually talking about trespassing is what we're now talking about because of what Jim McElwain just said this morning. He's saying, I don't know who that person was in the team-issued gear on my sidelines during a football game. And his name wasn't on any of the lists. It, it, really, it, it doesn't really matter if his pe- name was on the list. But I'm saying he doesn't know who the person is. But I'm saying he's confirming, though, that, he, that there was someone whose name was not registered Correct. with the team. Correct. By the way, there's more drama involving coaches. There's a story out that we have to get to. An NFL team has made a move, not at the head coaching position, but there's some drama around coaches. We will get to that coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, um... We know that Josh McDaniels gets fired as head coach of the Raiders. The general manager gets fired, Dave Ziegler. And that's based on football-related reasons. They were not good this year, 3-5. and five. Devontae no. Adams not getting the ball enough. Jimmy G has not been successful for them. Okay, we can discuss football-related firings around the NFL all day. That's commonplace. How about non-football-related re- firings? Eight games into the season, Times two, which we have now with the NFL and the Chicago Bears. Courtney Cronin, ESPN's Bears reporter, just tweets confirming that Bears running backs coach David Walker was fired on Tuesday due to a matter involving the team's HR department. Walker is the second assistant coach to leave the Bears staff 
in season. The Athletic was first to report that. We have now seen two Bears coaches leave, get fired, quit, however you want to say it. So the defensive coordinator. Allen Williams, I believe, Allen Williams. Yep. And now the running backs coach, David Walker. For non-football reasons, to our knowledge. You ever seen anything like this before? No, no. And this has to be an indictment on the head coach, Matt Eberflus, who's responsible for putting together the staff. And then Ryan Poles is the one who okays the hires with the staff members. So this is a problem for the Chicago Bears. We talked about how much of a dumpster fire this organization is and how they haven't been able to develop franchise quarterbacks. But the problems internally go deeper than just picking the wrong personnel. I mean, you're, you're talking about a level of dysfunction that you don't see when you start thinking about professional sports organizations. So I, this is a situation now where their, their team president, uh, he's going to have to consider cleaning house at the end of the season. Like uh, I know Kevin Warren is probably not in love with the idea of having to fire everybody, yeah. but I think that's, that's where we're at right now with the Chicago Bears because how could you trust anybody in the building given what we're seeing on and off the field in Chicago. So we just had this conversation about the Raiders and how Mark Davis is a huge contributing factor in one way or another to the lack of success that they've had. Why don't we keep that same energy when it comes to the McCaskies and the Chicago Bears? In Chicago they do. I mean, you but, know, you live na- there in Illinois for But a while. nationally, it's yeah. easy to look at Mark Davis because he's more visible and because of the haircut and because of the personality and he's quirky and point the finger at him. It's easy for us to do it with Jerry Jones because he's so visible. But there are other ownership groups, Cleveland, Chicago, where they have had turmoil. And if we're going to do this with owners, we need to do it nationally with the McCaskies, you're, too. Well, you're well, probably well, right. who, who, who's the McCaskey that you want to blame? I'm it just ain't saying. Virginia. She's 100 years old. Well, you like, know what? Like, who, Virginia. Who, 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 who are we blaming? Like, like, like we don't have clarity on who's going to be. I my elders, but it has been a hot mess in Chicago. Well, here's the other thing. For a long time. Perception. M- Michelle Smallman, ageist. Has, has ageist. a Perception matters, though, Smalls. Person of the land of Lincoln, I'm just saying. Uh, got to keep that energy. Odd tie-in to Virginia McCaskey and James Harden, but here we go. Okay, oh my God. okay here we go. I think this is going to work. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. Yesterday, you asked the question. People go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. Why don't we have that same energy for James Harden about winning and losing like we have other superstars? And the perception about Harden is, well, he's in L.A. because they have great night nightlife. He's not there because they want to win a championship or they're worried about winning a championship or anything like that. When one family in the NFL has the moniker because their dad said it, just win, baby, we're going to hold winning against the Raiders. That's what Al Davis and his family is. Just win. Well, if the only thing that matters is winning and you don't win, that's easier to blame Mark Davis. Plus, we see him more. If Mark Davis walked in the room, we'd know what he looked like. If Virginia McCaskey walked in the room, I wouldn't know it was her. I have to be honest. There are some ownership groups. You just brought up another one. Who was the other Cleveland. one? Cleveland. There's Cleveland. been turmoil. No, Jimmy has some. I think maybe people would know, I but think probably Virginia, not. Virginia McCaskey would have to roll into the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different story. I don't think she's, don't think she's walking in the room. She's taking forward. her time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, Respect it or check it. Just, just clarifying now. I'm just saying. Respect it. Or check it. I'm doing this for my people. On Unsportsman Life. All right. You know that Which means feel somebody would have to roll her. She doesn't mean. She doesn't mean like, hey, let's bowl Virginia McCaskey. They're hating. They're hating. I'm hating. I am. I am hating. 
I just, My I, assistant coach I is riding dirty. Let's <laughs> be clear. Michelle Smallman wants us to go after a 100-year-old no. woman today. No, I... That, she wants us to no. go after the 100-year-old. Look out, Estelle Getty, if you're still alive. <laughs> Betty White, Michelle is coming for you next. May she rest in peace. I was going to oh say she's God. no longer with us. I understand. Ever. Oh, my no. God. Who's oh the God. oldest woman in America? Because Why does it have to be Smalls? a woman? Because Virginia McCaskey is literally a woman. I know, I know. You went after the 100-year-old woman. I don't want to just go after one elderly woman. I'm just saying. <laughs> you did, though. You just did, though. Well, am I wrong? To I, go after a 100-year-old woman? Yes. I said the McCaskies yes, collectively, the ownership group of Chicago. This is beyond one head coach and one GM. This has been going on in Chicago for a long time. The Bears should be one of the crown jewel franchises in the NFL. And it has been nothing but disaster after disaster for many years. And just because Mark Davis has a bad haircut and just because Jimmy Jones does weekly interviews does not mean that other ownership groups should be absolved of us giving them the criticism that they deserve. You guys want to make it about one specific. Fine. You know what? Let's be fair. Coming up, CeCe and I will go after Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) Mel Brooks, look out. You're 97. You're in our crosshairs. (laughs) I see you, Judy Dench. We're not blaming Kevin Warren for this, are we? No, no, no. He just got there. He just got there. There there are people above Kevin Warren that are making somebody. Somebody in the McCaskey family has to be the fall person. Somebody. Somebody. Well, how do you fall if you're already on the ground? (laughs) Wow. wow. That's small. Don't put this on me. You want her roll down the alley like she's a bowling ball, and Smalls wants us attacking a 100-year-old lady. To be clear, I said the McCaskey family. You're the one that said Virginia. Well, she's the owner. She's in charge. That is our unsportsmanlike moment of the day. We're just a secretary. Congratulations. We already got it. Are we respecting it and checking it? I respect everything that Evan just said. That's funny as hell. <laughs> yes, ah. what do you got? Oh my Come gosh. on, Chicago. Back me oh, up here. Oh, man. All right. The 49ers made oh, the most man. impactful trade yesterday. Respect it or check it? Respect it just because <laughs> they're the best team that made a move. Yes, if you're talking about yesterday specifically, right? Montez Sweat going to the Bears. <laughs> we just discussed them. <laughs> He's maybe pushing Kaskey down the holes. <laughs> That's why they gave up a second yeah. round pick for it's Got like a it. Third round if you weren't wheeling her around. You know they say the more you can do in the yeah. NFL. Oh, but God. they're the best team that made a move. So, yes, he'll be the most impactful guy on the best team. I'm going to check it. I, I, I think that that's a big move for the 49ers. But the Minnesota Vikings acquired a quarterback at Josh Dobbs. That could be the difference in them making the playoffs versus missing it. So, for me, when you have that kind of move where the guy can impact your team getting into the postseason – then yeah, I'm going to say that's the most impactful move, so i got to check that. Chase Young was not the biggest trade yesterday. Respect it or check it. The Cowboys will regret not making a trade. I'm going to say check it because I have a feeling we'll see guys get released, ass out. Like They'll find themselves a running back if that's the biggest So it's need. like the NFL, the NBA buyout market? Well, like, we saw like it years that? ago with LeGarrette yeah. Blunt. Remember when LeGarrette yeah. Blunt was on the Steelers? Like, yeah. nah, I'm good. I want to go there. Yeah. I feel like you'll see some of that over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm going to respect it, Smalls. I, I just think that for the Dallas Cowboys, we don't judge them based on what they do in the regular season. We judge them based on what we think they can do in the postseason. And they needed a physical presence in the run game. They don't have a physical, physical idea. Identity on the offensive line. That I mean, on the offense, that O line is not as dominant as it once was. They need a running back that can, in certain instances, BYOB. That's bring your own blocker. They need somebody that can break more tackles, especially on runs in between the tackles. 
Tony Pollard is a fine running back. He's a slasher, a perimeter player. You could also use him in the passing game, but he is not a thumper. He's not going to get you those tough yards. He's not a guy that I love to lean on in short yardage, red zone, goal line. They miss Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not saying that he was the guy, but they needed something of that ilk in order to give them the kind of balance they need on offense. Yeah, after the the Eagles and the 49ers to go out and make trades yesterday, you really expect the Dallas Cowboys to you do something. You would think that too. they would keep up you, with the Joneses, you think right? That they would have that sense you would of think urgency. that they would keep up with the Joneses. All right, right, one more. Let's go to the NBA. Respect it or check it, fellas. The 76ers will have more playoff success than the Clippers in the wake of the James Harden trade. Uh, until I know who they're getting for the pieces they just got, and I know that they're doing it now in season. I'm going to say check it, that I'm going to believe in the Clippers more than the Sixers. Respect it. I don't know how you can believe in the Clippers when you don't know which Clippers are going to be healthy once we get to the playoffs. So, I mean, Kawhi Leonard has missed, what, 11 playoff games over the last two postseason appearances? How the hell can you trust the Clippers? You can't trust them. Yeah, I think, I think I'm just going to go with – I love Ty Lue as a coach. Can't trust the players. No, I think I I'm just going to default yeah. to trusting Embiid more out of, any, out of any – In the playoffs? Well – Remember, you're talking about you asked the question about playoffs, not who do you trust in general, because Embiid hasn't had the playoff success. Well, the, six, the Sixers are tra- always in the second yeah. round of the playoffs. They might yeah. not get past the second <laughs> round. They're always in the second round. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up, Michelle Smallman will tell you why Angela Lansbury's career is overrated. Next on Sportsman Like ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. We survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. It was not a great look. Yes, it is time for our most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. The funniest, the quirkiest, the weirdest, the dumbest from us. Moment of the day on the show. Before we get dumb, let's get smart. Unsportsmanlike moment of the day brought to you by O. Oh, oh, O'Reilly, are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windshield. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. The professional parts people will help you choose from their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. They'll even install them free of charge. That's free 99. See better and drive safer with new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto parts. All right, so we have uh, Michelle Smallman hating old ladies. That's oh a moment goodness. on the show today. That <laughs> Michelle hates old ladies. I okay? love my elders. Mm, doesn't seem like it. Just throwing that out there. All right, let's uh, a couple of nominees. Unsportsmanlike moment of the day. All right. So Wemby big game last night against the Suns. Yep, that happened. Was yep. a TNT national TV game, 
And Shaq and Charles and Kenny and Ernie were all talking about Wemby uh, last night. And uh, Shaq and Barkley had an interesting exchange. He's never seen a guy like uh, Wimby on it. Yes, you have. His name is Bobo. You think Wimby Bobo? Let me finish my point. both black or something? No, 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 let me finish my point. Wimby on is just way more consistent than Bobo, but Bobo is the okay. first I, I seven foot that, 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 that we not, see with him. No. Yes, first of all, that's no. This is the Bobo. Wimby on is way, 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 way more consistent than Bobo. He's only played three games. No, he's talking about over his French league. Are you comparing Wimby on to Bobo? Bobo is the first seven foot four guy that we've seen come out with the handle shoot the threes yes the irony of this now the Barkley part is a funny part which we'll get to but the irony of this is that Bol Bol was in that game last night for the Suns and didn't play yeah <laughs> now I happen to like Bol Bol as a player like, he I think meant he's good. Manubo, yeah. no no he meant Bol Bol because Bol Bol the way he played last year for the Magic at times was actually very good he ain't Wembenyama no he's not even close but no. Barkley asked him if he just simply compared the two because of their race <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's a, the similarity that, 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 that's between the two. Bad. And here's the crazy thing. Shaq was actually very complimentary of Webby yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about how he's not going to be criticizing Wimby a lot because he really likes his game. There's nothing not to like about Webby Yama. Do they want him to post up more? Sure. But it's not as if he doesn't have the skill set. It's just a matter of him being able to develop his body. And for a 19-year-old, you can understand that because he's still growing. So, yeah, I, I, there is nothing that we've seen from Webby Yama that would tell us that this guy is going to be a bust. He's going to be a star as long as he can stay healthy. And based on everything we're seeing and how he's impacted the game on both sides of the court, the Spurs might be better than most people are actually predicting in his rookie season. So um, that's one nominee on Sportsmanlike moment yes. of the day. A yes. lot of people have been discussing, including us, the Michigan situation, mm-hmm. the spying on the sidelines, whatever it may be. We played audio from Jim McElwain, the head coach of Central Michigan today, talking about it. Uh, Booger McFarland. We played Heather Dinich. We played all these people. But I don't know that anyone broke down this Michigan situation better than Chris Canty today. No, we don't have that one. This is a oh, different Canty Sorry, one. this is a different Canty yes. one. Oh, I thought Canty's... Ah, okay, I thought we no, had something a, else. No, this was a different one. Where My we, bad. We all try to figure out... We were talking about we, the head-to-head stuff, and Canty, I think you try to say you agreed with Evan, but this is what came out. I agree with what everything seven is saying. <laughs> <laughs> what is that gibberish? What is it? it? Is Play so, it again? I can't it's even... It's so painful what is for that? CC to what agree with that? me that that came out. What, <laughs> is, what is it? Play it again? I agree with what every seven is saying. <laughs> I, I think I wanted to say I'm agreeing with everything that Evan is saying. But yeah, that's I, not what just I, came out. I, I know it's not. I don't know. I, I, I was speaking in tongues just now. I don't know what that was. It's an early that. morning. Sometimes yeah, it's hard to formulate exactly. words. Play that, that again if we could. I agree with what every seven is saying. <laughs> I agree with everything that Evan is saying. No, forget that. We that's know what, what you're to, That's saying. what I'm trying to Let say. Yeah. Act, yes. well, Michelle, it was a thirty. It was it at was 8.30. It wasn't at like 6.15. It was at 8.30 when he said that. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let's see if we can write down and say back what you actually okay. said. Okay. Yeah. okay, transcribe. So I agree with, we know that part. All right, play it again. I agree with what every seven is saying. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, like the, is there a seven in there? I agree what, seven? with what seven is seven saying. <laughs> One more time. I agree with what every seven is saying. <laughs> Yeah, there's a seven in there. There's definitely a seven in there. <laughs> I mean, seven there's, does run. There's definitely a seven in there. There's definitely a seven. Wow. People can tweet us at Unsports ESPN, at Evco Radio, at uh, M. Smallman, and at Canty99, uh, on, or Chris Canty99, excuse me, on Twitter, yeah, yeah, as yeah. to your translation. If yeah. you can transcribe that for us, we would appreciate it. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck <laughs> with Liam that. Easton, take Good drop. luck with that. And what did, I, what did I have to say about the Bears today? 
Somebody in the McCaskey family has to be the fall person. Somebody. Somebody. Well, how do you fall if you're already on the ground? Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, That's small. Don't put this on me. You know what I've noticed about Smalls? When why, she's why you, like, why are you making fun of old people, man? That's right. Ages. Why, why are you making fun you, of old people? You. Why, why are you making You're fun of You're the one who did it, Smalls. Excuse me. No. I'm just holding ownership accountable. And she owns the team. Virginia McCaskey just, does own the team. I'm just so. saying, it doesn't. Re- are, is there how, a certain you, age threshold to where we say, okay, it doesn't matter if you're bad at your job? I think, but I think there is, though. I what think is like they, Hopefully, they, 43. There, there, gets to a, there gets to a certain age where it's just like, hmm, they're just kind of who they are, and you have to dismiss it. I'm just, I will say this. Speaking of my, my dad, of my... once upon a time, we're driving in Brooklyn. We're going to pick up something. I'm having a charity event, and somebody wanted to donate some products. So we're going to pick it up. And the GPS is trying to take us around the corner, and my dad looks down the block, and he's like, huh, it feels like a shortcut. And I said, Dad, you're going down the wrong way on a one-way street. He looks at me, straight face, dead serious. Son, I ain't going but one way. Keeps on trucking the wrong way down a one-way street to get to where we're going. Whoa. At that point, it's just like, at that point, I realized that logic has gone out of the window. It's whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it, whatever they say, whenever they want to say it. That, that, that's what it is. It's, it, that, that is it. I think there is a, a certain age threshold. I want to say around 70-ish is when we get there. So we're so Bill Belichick is how old? Yeah, exactly. Seven. Stop it. Don't make this anti-Belichick. What no, are you but doing? I'm saying Seven, if, if 70 is the threshold. 70-ish, I'm going to say ish. It. Let's focus on yeah. the important thing. Yeah. I'm impressed that your dad is willing to use GPS. My dad is unbelievable. Well, he wasn't using the GPS. Oh, you I were. was. I okay, was the my one. dad was, won't do it. Yeah. Will not do it. Like, he knows he is unbelievable with directions. My dad can find anything anywhere. <laughs> but there'll be times where I'll say, like, they'll come and be with my kids, right? And I'll say, oh, you know, if you're going to be with them, that's great. Whatever. Uh, my son has this at this time. You can just drop him off there. Uh, and he goes, well, where is it? And I said, just put it in GPS. He said, well, where is it? I said, just put it, put the name of the place in GPS. He won't do it. Wow. I'll just try to but have what's the logic behind it, though? What, what says you, I'm going to make things harder for myself. He keeps you a know, map I, in the I, I know exactly where I'm going. I can read street signs and I can it's read a, a map. Thing. I'll never be lost. Yeah, but you got this device called a cell phone that has a navigation system built into it. Utilize it. I am the navigation yeah. system. If you look at the North Star when the sun is setting a certain way and drive that direction, that'll get me to where I'm going. You, you ain't, he, see, you, ain't Magell- you ain't Magellan. You ain't Jack Cousteau. Like, just use the damn GPS. Amazing Magellan reference. Right. <laughs> Dad keeps a map in the car with him. A, a real, a physical map. Yes. But but the, the, I bet the, you your dad the, does too. The GPS on your phone is like a map. Doesn't matter. Let's I give don't it understand in. that. It's, not even it on your, it's a better map. Most cars have it on the screen in the car. That's now, the too. other thing. You could just hit it and it throws the OnStar system and all of that stuff in cars now. Like they will tell you where to go. Just follow the directions. Wait a minute. We may have an unsportsmanlike moment within the unsportsmanlike moment. No, no, go ahead. Uh, Grant, uh, Canty, it's Jacques Cousteau, not Jack Cousteau. Oh. Okay. Jacques Cousteau, Jack. Okay, same difference. I mean, okay. One of them explores. That's his nickname. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Nuno was very excited to get okay, that Okay, congratulations, my ear. Nuno. I got you. There you go. Jack versus Jock. Okay, That's Jacques. what you have there. Jacques. Jacques. I just Jacques. made him a strap. I didn't know <laughs> we were going to go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, there you go. So what's our winner, the unsportsmanlike moment of the day? Oh, you you picking on Virginia McCaskey. Me! Yeah, Don't make you. this yeah. about me. Smalls no, hates you old ladies. You picked on Virginia McCaskey. Greedy, coming up next. We're on to Thursday on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. 
for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.